Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Well, it is an honor to be able to speak to you today about, uh, about fatherhood, especially because um, today is a, uh, or we're on the cusp of, of, of Father's Day, and uh, it's special for me. I, I do believe that God has made um, fathers a special breed, and I also believe that the enemy is trying to diminish that. And to the degree that the enemy can diminish what a father is supposed to be in the house and in society, and even in the church, to the degree that he's successful at diminishing that is to our demise, is to our great demise. And so I resist the devil, but I also would encourage us to not go along with the devil. And so uh, as wives... Um, honor your husband, honor him as the father of your children, you know, and, and resist the, the cultural or societal bend right now to, to come against what it is God has set up, uh, fatherhood, what it means to be a father, what it means to be a person of authority in society. The dad, the father, is the culture maker in the house. Now, again, you can tear that down, but to your own demise. The father is the culture maker. Now, it takes two. You know, God bless the mom. God bless the wife. God bless everything that she is, and she's amazing. She's wonderful. But today we're going to talk about fathers. He's the molder, and he's the model. He's the molder of young minds and hearts, and he's the model of that as well. And God gives him authority to be able to be that. As we take away that authority, we, we, we ruin ourselves. We need to understand that God has put an authority on a man as, as, as the, the head of the house, as that father, as that dad, as that, as that person of stature in that house to be able to create the culture that, that God wants uh, there to be in that house. And so when a person becomes a father, when a man becomes a father, when you have a child, when you begin to start, you start a family, you now have the most important role and you have to be responsible to that most important role you'll ever have in life. It doesn't matter what else you do in life. It doesn't matter how much fame or how much greatness or whatever it is you think you're going to accomplish. The most important thing you will do is to be a father. The very most important thing you'll ever do. In fact, I think it's the most important thing in God's mind. It's the most important thing in eternity. So it's a great responsibility, but I want to say this. It's also a great honor. The most honorable thing you'll ever do, the most privileged thing you'll ever do on this earth is to be a great dad, be a great father. And so it's going to take all that you have. You know, uh, there's many great men in the world that have done a lot of great things. But I, but I have to say, at the end of it all, we're not going to tell these great men, show us your great accomplishments, show us your great wealth. We're going to say, show us your great heritage, show us your great family. Show us the people that you helped fashion into the image of God because they were under your hand, they were in your house, they were under your influence, and what it is you did you're responsible for. Not these other things. You, you may have put rockets on the moon, but what about your kids? What about your kids? And so, especially in the church, I pray that in the church we have men that are honorable fathers, honorable men to their children. God says uh, this to us in the Bible about Abraham. 
He's, he, he's kind of the, the father of, of the, uh, the faith. God uses Abraham to establish what it means to actually uh, uh, walk with him in faith. And so he's a great example of, of a father. And he says this to us in Genesis, the 18th chapter, and in verse uh, 19. God says, For I have chosen him, Abraham, so that he will direct his children. Now I want you, want you to see this because I believe that as God is speaking about Abraham, he's speaking about fatherhood. Because this, these are the terms, these are the great terms in which God sees fatherhood. He will direct his children and his household after him. So remember this, he's the culture maker. He's the model and the molder of what's happening in that house. And so he'll direct his children and his household after him. He's not just the sayer, he's the doer. He's the first, he's the doer. And people will come after him and the culture will follow after him. To keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. And so God is saying this, I've chosen this man. He's going to direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what's right. And this is going to bring about for him and his household and his wife and so forth what I've promised him, his descendants after him. And so if we move on, what, what did God promise him? Well, it tells us in chapter 17, before 18, it says seven, in 17, I'll make you very fruitful very abundant. I'll make nations of you. Now, I, I believe this, dads. There are nations in you. And you might not see it in this generation, but there's another generation after that, and then another generation after that, and you're a part of it. But you have to first establish that we're going to walk in the right ways of God, because there are promises that are coming if you can, if you can uh, transplant them or transpose them into the next generation that's coming. I'm going to make you very fruitful. I'll make nations of you, and kings will come from you. Again, is this too hard to believe that God actually has a mighty heritage that will come from you? As you establish the ways of God and the things of God in your household, godly children, godly men and women will come from you and become kings and princes in the land. I will establish my covenant. Now, this is, this is what God wants to happen. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and to your descendants after you for the generations to come. To be, your, to be your God, this is the covenant. I will be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And so what God is saying about Abraham is that I have chosen you to raise children in the, in the, in the ways of God so that I have a covenant with you, they will come into that covenant. I want you to lead them into that covenant. So now, not only you are in this covenant with the Lord, but your children are in this covenant with God and their children after them. You are establishing this covenantal, um, I don't want to say dynasty, but you're, this heritage that is flowing from this agreement or this covenant, this, this, this walk that you have with God now is their walk. See, it didn't end in one generation. It's not just you and God and they're on their own. You, you didn't do a very good job. You never really uh, brought them along. You never really were the model and the, and the molder of, of your household. And so what's happened is the, the, the covenant that you have never gets passed on. God is saying this. They're my children. I've given them to you. 
I've given you the responsibility to take them and then to show them the ways of God, to get that in them, to put that in them. And so this is a very important uh, role that you have to uh, play because God wants his promises to come through you, through them, and through their children. Because you're starting this, this, this heritage, this mighty heritage that's going to flow from you. So dads, you have to step up to the plate. You have to understand that this is very important. You have to understand it's more important than what you do as a job, who you are as a, in, in, in social structures, your status or whatever. Most importantly is your covenant with God and the covenant that your children are going to have with God. And so this goes together. We know this verse in Proverbs because we cite it a lot, but it's the exact same thing that we're talking about with Abraham here. It says this, train a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, or when he's old enough, he will not turn from it. But I, want, I want to read this to you a little bit in, in a different way, because um, this word here means, train means inculcate. In other words, it's, it's, to, it's to bring a culture into your child in the path that he's going to walk on. And so what you do, it, it, it's not just what you do, but it's who you are. So I've been on this path. I've been down this path. Son, I want to tell you about it. I want to put this into you so that you understand these are, these are the ways of life. These are the ways of the kingdom of God. And so you have to understand this is a path. And so it's almost like if you took a path from here to, to you know, out in the, you know, in the pioneer days, out to California, you might tell those that come after you, don't go this way, you need to go that way. Watch out for this, don't take that turn. When you want to go back this way, keep going because you're going to get through. And so I, I train my child in, in, the, in the ways of God, in the way, in the pathway of God, so that when he's old enough to get on the pathway, he understands, I know now this is how uh, to walk. And this is where to walk. And this is what to be careful of. And this is how to live. But the title of the message is What a Father Loves. And I want, I want to say this. It's not what you do. It's who you are. It's not what you do. Because a lot of times dads will say, well, I'm going to do this for the kids. You know, I mean, I'll do it for them. I'll do it, I'll do it because you know, they need to be able to see me doing this and yeah, it, it, what you're going to create is, is kids that know that dad only is a pretender because it's not so much uh, what you're doing that they're picking up on, it's who you are that they pick up on. They understand. And so it's not what you do, but it's who you are. And so um, you, you have to understand that, that uh, the real you is what you love. The real you is what you truly love because that's who you are. It's on you, it's in you, it's through you, it's who you are. I remember um, I've always loved motorcycles and uh, I've always had dirt bikes my whole life and, and, I, and I love to ride motorcycles, but I was getting to the point where it was, it was consuming me and not just physically because it wasn't necessarily taking up so much time, but it was consuming me emotionally. And here I am, I'm in the ministry, and there's all kinds of things going on at the church that I've got to be, you know, sharp for, and I've got to pastor, and, and, and so forth and so on. And, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving 
going riding with my friends and, and going in the woods and, and all that stuff and loving it and fixing the bike and tuning it and all that other stuff and so forth. And my wife says to me, of course, let me say that God had already spoken to me, it's too much. Steve, it's too much. It's overboard. Step back. And so my wife says to me, uh, you are obsessed with that motorcycle. I mean, anybody can call you up. You could almost you know, just take the phone call like it's nothing or whatever. But if your friends call you and want to go ride, you light up like, like a Christmas tree. And she says, it's too much. You're obsessed with this thing, and it's not good. And she was right. I kind of knew she was right, but of course, I'm, I'm, I'm resisting it. No, oh, come on. It's just like people that are addicted. You know, oh, I can quit any time. Oh. But anyway, I had that kind of thing going. The Lord was speaking to me, and my wife was speaking to me. Anyway, my son comes up to me one morning, and he says, Dad, I had a terrible dream last night. He said, I dreamed that you died. Now, he's a little boy. He's a little boy, maybe 10 years old. I had a dream that you died, and he says, and I was crying and crying and crying, but then I said to myself, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my dad proud. And I went downstairs, and I got my mini bike, and I started riding it around and around and around the yard, and I said to myself, I'm going to be the best motorcycle rider I can be. And I said, wow, as I'm convicted to the core, wow, that's fantastic. But God was speaking to me. This is who he knows you are on the inside. And he, he didn't say, Dad, I felt like I was going to carry on the ministry or I felt like I was going to be this or that or the other, whatever. And I never put pressure on him to be anything, but he knew what my love was. So anyway, I sold the bike because I knew God was speaking to me about it, but I sold the motorcycle and I didn't have anything for two years. I, I backed out of it. And uh, then when I did get back into it two years later, I was very conscious to say everything else comes before that thing. My family, my you know, my work, everything that I'm going to do is going to come after this thing because it was consuming me. So I want to say this. Um, you are what you love. Not what you do. It's what you love. And so I want to talk about these four loves. But before I do that, I just want to make this notation. I want to tell you men that you are, you are a leader. You're a leader. Don't, don't always abdicate that Leadership. Now, I know, like I said, the, the two become one, and you're yoked together with your wife. But don't abdicate that leadership to where you are constantly are just saying, go ask your mother, or I don't know. Hey, you know, I, 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 I don't have any thoughts. I don't have any ability to make decisions. I have no ability to think or, or, to, or to have a process of elimination. No, I, I, I can't do that. I have to abdicate that leadership. Men, I want to challenge you. Be a leader in your house for your children's sake. Secondly, be strong. You're not weak, you're not unable, you're not incapable, you're not a noodle, you're not afraid, be strong. You're not weak, you're not supposed to be weak, you're not supposed to fold, you're not supposed to cave, you're not supposed to be uh, uh, whimpering, you're supposed to be able to be strong, to stand up, to have a jaw, to have some thoughts, to have a backbone, to, to, to be the person that your children need you to be, you're strong. I, I, I hate to see weak men, weak Christians, weak faith, weak convictions, weakness. It's, it's not who a man is supposed to be. And so if you're going to lead your house, you're going to have to be strong. And then third thing is you're smart. You're not a dope. I, do, I don't care what society says about you. You are not a dope. And the more you um, embrace the dope, 
The more you allow the dope, well, hey, what, 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 what do I know? What do I, the, more you, the more you shirk the responsibilities of who God wants you to be. You are smart. You're able to figure things out. You're able to, you're able to have thoughts. You're able to make decisions. You're smart. You're smarter than your kids. Your kids cannot outsmart you. It's just that you're not thinking. It's just that you're not giving it any time. So I want to challenge you. You need to embrace this whole idea of the fact that God will give you discerning thoughts as a, as a father to be able to lead that household and to be a good husband and a, and a good father to your children because you're smart. And then finally, and the most important thing probably, is your spiritual. For the man that says, you know, I go to, I go to church for her sake, you, you need to throw that guy down. We pray. We worship. Let your children see you lift your hands. Has God done anything for you? Lift your hands. Worship the Lord. You're spiritual. Pray in the car. Pray when you're going to the grocery store. Let the kids hear you pray. Let them hear you pray at home. You know, uh, I remember a uh, friend of ours, uh, he had a little brother, little Stevie, and uh, we, we would always hang around, but little Stevie was nothing. And I remember uh, hearing that the, that the father had passed away, and I was friends with the, with the son. And uh, when I went to the funeral, now this guy was a choir director, a music, music director at a church. And uh, I remember they saying, uh, Stephen, his last name, is going to come and give the eulogy. And I thought, little Stevie, so-and-so is going to come and give the eulogy? Here comes this big, strong man up to behind the pulpit with a booming voice. Guess what? Little Stevie grew up. But he started talking to about us about his father and about how his father would have church at 5 o'clock in the morning before he would come and, and direct the choir at Sunday church. He, he would hear his father singing through all of the songs in his basement at 5 o'clock, 5.30 in the morning. Way before church ever started, his father was down there singing, praying, worshiping, having his own church service. And I'll tell you something, you don't realize your kids are looking to you to be spiritual. Not just a churchgoer, not just somebody that does it because the kids are watching. God needs you to be spiritual and you need to be spiritual. I, I told you I was going to speak into you today. I, I'm speaking into you. You are a spiritual man of God. You're smart. You're strong, you're capable, and, and, and this is who you have to be. Amen? So I want to give you these four loves. Number one, these are the loves that a father will have and that will uh, get on his kids and in his household as, as well. Again, the, the inculcation of a heritage. Number one, a father needs to love life. Love life. You're not a complainer. You're not a, 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 a grumpy person. You're not, I mean, everybody has Monday. Everybody has Monday. Embrace Monday. For your kids to be able to appreciate life, they need to see you appreciate life. They need to see you appreciate it. You know, three years ago, actually almost to the day, I broke my neck and uh, was, it was a miracle that I didn't die. But uh, I thought I was dying when I broke my neck because I heard it break. And then I, and then I didn't want to move. I didn't know where, what was going to happen next. But as I was lying in the hospital bed on Father's Day, um, and they were getting ready to uh, uh, do the surgery and, 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 and put my, the top of my spine back together and screw my head back on, so to speak, um, God was showing me these lessons about life, that life is precious. 
It is a gift from God. God gives you life. Now, there are challenges and there are ups and downs and there are things that you have to go through, but life is a precious gift from God. And God has a purpose to work through you in life. Don't poo-poo it. Don't drag yourself through it. Don't barely tolerate it. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I hate my job and I hate where I live and I hate what I'm doing and I don't like this and I tolerate that. I'll tell you, because it almost is, um, it is almost an affront to God. You've given me this thing and I'm not that grateful for it. The Bible says, always give thanks, for this is the will of the Lord. Let your children see you love life. Celebrate it. Try to be in a good mood. As much as you possibly can be in a good mood, be in a good mood. It will help you. It will help you. God has not created you to be unhappy. He's created you to be happy. The first love you need to have, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of working from the uh, outer rim in. I'm working from the concentric circles far out here. I'm going I'm to draw in here. But love life. Embrace it. Love it. You know, if you let depression get into your house, you know, you're the gatekeeper. Don't let depression get into your house. Don't let anger get into your house. Don't let dissatisfaction get into your house. We never have any money. We never have any this. We never have any that. We never have any joy. Well, guess why? You have to look in the mirror. You have to challenge yourself to say, no, you know what? I'm going to start to love life. Everyone has difficulties. You can make it through, especially put a smile on your face, challenge this thing, keep a positive attitude and see if God doesn't bless you through it. And then secondly, the love of the Father is, number two, to love people. I pray as a father, your children and your household knows you love people. You know, um, uh, the Bible says that Jesus wept. He had compassion on people. He had compassion on the sick. He had compassion on the lame. He loved people. He loved people. And I pray that your children get from you that you love people. I remember one time we were driving down the road. I was with my son in the car, and, and I noticed there was somebody broke down on the side of the road, and it was a woman. She was in this, she was in this, like, this house dress, and I'm thinking to myself, there's no way uh, she's not in trouble. So we pulled over. I pulled in behind her. It was on the highway. It was on Route 90. Um, and she had a flat tire. And so she had a bunch of stuff out of her trunk. She didn't know how to do what she was doing. I, I had my son sit up on the hill and say, you know, if a car starts coming down this breakdown lane, <laughs> yell out so I can dive over the guardrail. But I, 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 put the, I changed the tire for this woman. I put it all back together as my son watched the whole thing. I didn't do it for him to see it. I did it because she was in trouble, and I thought if my wife and my daughter were in trouble, I would want to help out as well. But anyway, he, he observed that, and I pray that, that, uh, that uh, God puts in us a love for people. Love the guy that's in a rush on the highway. Love him. Let him go. Don't get in a fight with him. Love the cashier that takes too long. Love the waitress that's mean to you. Love him. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know where they're at. I remember one time we were coming um, back from a, uh, a trip out uh, in the jungle in Jamaica. And uh, we were coming back into the city in uh, uh, Montego Bay. And uh, we pulled up to get some ice cream. And some prostitutes came walking toward the car. Now here were these, uh, I think, probably five men in suits and looked like businessmen, I guess. We were coming from this meeting and the prostitute starts to approach us and starts to talk to us and, and, you know, give her pitch or whatever. 
And I remember uh, Pastor Mike Cervello was there, and we were being kind to her. No, you know, we, we, you know, we're just coming from a meeting, blah, blah, blah. And she turns and she focused in on Mike Jr., an 18-year-old boy that we had with us. He's now a pastor, great, great man of God. And, and um, when she started talking to the young 18-year-old, I said to myself, uh-oh, Mike Sr. is going to take her head off. But he didn't. He looked at her and he said, let me ask you a question. What's your name? And he begins to minister to her as though what she said about his son went over his head. He just was kind to her. And when we were all done, we prayed with her and, and, and went on our, our way or whatever. But I, I said to myself, now there's somebody who, who loves people. People are imperfect, but I pray you have a love for, pe for people. Number three, this is the third love. There's four loves. Love your family. Love your wife and your children. If you only love yourself, your life is going to be empty and selfish. And, and, and that's the culture that's going to be in your house. Everything's about dad. He's got to become the star that he never was. He wanted to be a star in high school, and he wasn't. But now he's 35 years old, and we're still trying to chase his dream. Everything's about him. Uh, you can become selfish and not realize your greatest responsibility is to your family now. I want to tell the men, listen, it's about your children. It's about their dreams. It's about their uh, accomplishments. It's about them growing now. Turn your focus to them. And I'm not saying make gods out of them. But I'm saying it is about them. It's about their walk with the Lord. It's about you now getting them into the covenant with God that they would have a, a, a direct connection with Him. And so uh, I, I would encourage you, put them first. Go on vacation. Take your family on vacation. Create some memories with your family. And when I speak to men, a lot of times men are just about work or just about accomplishing or just about stature or just about, let it be about them. I remember um, taking my family to Six Flags and I knew it was going to be tough. I knew it was going to be a tough day. I knew it was going to be a long day. But you know something? God gets in the middle of that thing. And the next thing you know, you're having a great time. You're with your children. You're creating memories. They'll never forget it. Let me tell you something. If you love your family, if you love your wife, you know, when, when we talk about love, I, I pray that we understand it's loyal. To be disloyal to your wife is to be disloyal to your kids. Adultery doesn't just tear a, fa a, you know, a, a marriage apart, it tears the kids apart. Every time you're going to be faithful to your wife, you need to look at your kids and say, I'm being faithful to you too. You know, the, the Bible teaches us to pray this way, lead us not into temptation. You know, God will honor that prayer. God will honor that prayer. Lead us not into temptation. God, I want, I want to be faithful to my children. I want to be faithful to my wife. I want to be faithful. Lead us not into temptation. Steer me away. God, hit me with a two-by-four if you have to, but don't let, me, don't let me not lead in this way of loyalty and love to my children by honoring and being faithful to their mother. Let me tell you something. Love your family. Don't love money. You know, money is a, is a false security. It's a false happiness. It's a false stature. It's not real. It's false. It's a false God. Money is a false God. And, and, and if the devil can deceive you, man, by chasing after stature and finances and being the, the, the biggest boy on the block, if the devil can deceive you into that while you, while you, while you uh, 
cast your family to the side, when you abdicate your responsibilities to them, you'll find out at the end you're, you don't have money and you don't have them. You don't have happiness. You don't have security. You don't have stature. And you don't have the very most important people in the world, your family. So love your family. Take them on vacation. Take them on trips. Sacrifice for them. You know, uh, Six Flags wouldn't be my choice for vacation, but it's not about you. It's about them. And then when you go to Six Flags with your kids, you end up having the time of your life, and God blesses that thing. I always, I always recommend take two vacations, one with your wife and one with the kids. You know, the other thing, too, you can do is just go to the beach. You don't have to go on vacation. There can be little things that you do with your family, but I want to encourage you to put them first. That you're, you don't have to be first, let them be first. And of course, the most important love is to love the Lord. Love life because it's a gift. Love people to be like Jesus. You know, Pastor Jordan talked talk to us about, you know, love your enemies. A lot of times we can't tolerate somebody who's just a little bit weird. Never mind your enemy. Love people. Love your family. They're who God has given you a responsibility over to, to lay your life down for them. But then most importantly, love the Lord. Love the presence of the Lord. Love His name. Love everything about Him. I am not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not ashamed of the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of praying. I'm not ashamed of thanking God for a good parking space as I pull up to the grocery store. I'm not ashamed. I want to love the Lord. I want my children to know my, my father loves the Lord. I don't go to church because my wife drags me and the kids need to see me going to church. I, I, I go to church because I love the Lord. I walk with God because I love the Lord. Love the Lord. Love His presence. And then love His Word. You know, um, sometimes uh, we're looking for a thousand different ways to be guided in life. All kinds of you know, counselors and wisdom and astrology and, and fortune cookies. Who, who knows what? We're looking for guidance in all the wrong places. God has given us all the guidance we could ever need in His Word. And I want, I want you to know that uh, whatever it is you're facing right now, the answer is in the Bible. It's so powerful. The Bible is a lamp to my pathway. No matter what it is I'm going through, and it doesn't take very long, you begin to open the Bible, you begin to, begin to read it, and you're just reading the Word of God, and all of a sudden, off the pages of the book, jumps the answer. The very thing you needed to hear is in the Word of God. The, the, the Word of God is so powerful. Have a love for it. Know it. Don't, don't just, don't just ha, you know, bring it with you to, to church or have it on your phone. Love the Word of God. Know it through and through. It, do, it doesn't take very long to start reading the Bible before you start to really understand it and really start to love it. I mean, the New Testament is all about Jesus and, and the works of the Holy Spirit. The Old Testament is all about the ways of God and the kingdom of God. And it's all powerful and interesting, but it's also living. It will, it will speak to you right where you're at. Love the Word of God and let your children know that you love the Word of God. I was just talking about my dad, how... Uh, I would, I would um, see him sitting in his chair with his Bible on his lap. And he would read it for a little bit, then he would close his eyes, and then he'd think about it, and then he would read it a little bit and close his eyes. And years later, when I would uh, get ready to tell him what I was preaching on that weekend, and I would tell him the verse that I'm going to go to, my father knew the verse by heart, 
And he knew the chapter by heart. He would say, but Stephen, remember this. The verse before that says this. And then he would say, and the verse after that says this and this and this. And I'm thinking, man, I, I think I should have read the verse before that. <laughs> it's so powerful. But my father loved the word of God, and he put that love in me as well. And I, I pray that my children will love the word of God because now it's my responsibility to not just have a covenant with the Lord all by myself, but to transmit that covenant down through my household because I, I need to have descendants and descendants of descendants in order for the promises of God for my heritage to come to pass. So love the word of the Lord. And then finally, last but not least, is uh, love his house. Love the house of the Lord. I don't want the house of God to be diminished in my, in my children's minds. I want to love church. I want to love the people of church. You know, some people say, you know, church is not a building. Well, I don't know. I, I, I think it is. I think, I think, you know, we are his church. But when we gather together, we gather together in a holy place. It's the place where the elders gather. It's the place where the altar is. It's the place of corporate worship. It's the place of symbols and and, 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 and music and dancing and, and worship and clapping. and It's a place where the holy fire, pillar of God's fire, rests on the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is a very powerful place. I, I want to encourage the fathers, do not let this be diminished in your children's minds or hearts. That you have a love. It's not what you do. It's who you are. That you would have a love for God's house. I want to propose to you that it won't be until we get to heaven where we really understand what the house of God was all about. The fact that there actually were angels that came. I believe that there are angels on this property. I believe that there are angels in this building. I believe that angels come and sing the very same words we sing in our songs. They join with us and they echo as a choir to the Lord the very same words we're singing. It becomes this, it becomes this unison of praise and worship. I'll tell you, church is a very, very powerful thing. And, and the devil wants to diminish it. it, it it's not that big a deal. You know, we, we've gone through the pandemic. You can go to church on your phone. When in fact, I think we need to come to the house of the Lord. We have to have the anointing of the Holy Spirit drop on us. What happens is so powerful. A lot of times we don't re even realize the healing that takes place. The deliverance that takes place. The, 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 repair of our emotions from as a child things that were damaged in our lives the holy spirit works on us and changes us and 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 something supernatural happens we shouldn't diminish the house of the lord we should honor it and i was telling the men we're, we're, we're getting ready to uh, start a work cruise for the men and we actually started and we're we're getting ready to really get them uh, organized and in gear in fact if you're not a part of a crew come and join us on wednesday nights but I was telling the men, I said, listen, we don't understand just how powerful it is to be a part, to put your hand on the house of the Lord and to be a part of, of, of blessing the house of God. And I said, but, but, but if I said to the church on Sunday, listen, this Saturday we're going to come, as many as can make it, and come where we're going to clean the house of the Lord, we're going to do some cleaning and some painting and some pulling of the weeds and so forth. This next Saturday, as many as can come out, come on out. We might have 30 people or 40 people, which is good. Thank God. That'd be awesome if we had 30 or 40 people. Maybe 100. Who knows? But if I said to the church, next Saturday, this multi-multi-millionaire that's a part of this church 
so loves the house of God that he has promised as many people come out next Saturday, he's going to give them $1,000 an hour for as long as they stay. Whoever comes, he's going to give them $1,000 an hour to come and to work here. Can I tell you? The traffic would be down the highway. There would be a traffic. Everyone would, ta- uh, there would be people coming with, 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 with walkers. I am coming. Well, you never come. I know, but today it's $1,000 an hour. And at midnight, we would still have hundreds of people still here waiting till the last tick of the clock so that they could get there. But I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out coming to the house of the Lord was worth so much more than that. When the doors are open, I want to be here. I want to love the house of God. I want to love the people of God. But I want to stand before the Lord in His congregation and lift up His name, lift up His holy name. And I pray as I bless His house, my house is blessed. My descendants are blessed. The covenant is passes on from me to them and to their children. May my grandchildren and their children always love the house of the Lord. May it always be a powerful place, a special place, a prophetic place, a place where angels ascend and descend and, and God is in the midst. Jesus is, is in the midst, honored. And with Him comes the healing and the power and the grace and the goodness and all of the good things of God. I want to encourage you fathers, take the lead. You're a leader. You're strong. You're smart. You're spiritual. And you're a a culture maker in your home. Let God use you to be that because God wants to put His stamp of authority and blessing and health and strength on you as you represent Him to your children and to their children. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.